Comics, TV, Movies, Video Games, and more. The Comic and Culture Cast. Holy, if I ever were to lose you... Batman, it's time for the Comic and Culture Cast. This is Les, your Marvelous Marvel Guy. And I'm your Lore Master, Brad. So for the past few episodes, we've been reviewing older franchises that we haven't really talked about before on this podcast. This episode, we're going to be talking about something new. This de- this episode is dedicated to The Last of Us Part 2, and yes, that rhymed. Joining Bradley and I for this discussion, we have my friend Issa. Hey everyone, that's me. Uh, why don't you, since this is your first time on the podcast, why don't you like... Uh, Talk to us a little bit about yourself. Like, what kind of pop culture things are you into? Um, the biggest thing for me right now is I'm really trying to get up in the world uh, when it comes to Smash Bros. Ultimate. Uh, I've been playing really competitively lately, uh, trying to get into tournaments and getting into contact with people that are really famous and uh, play the game really well. Nice. So, um, yeah, I'm trying to build a career around that. Uh, I also just built a PC uh, a week ago or so, and I'm learning how to be a PC gamer too, so that's going really well. I'm sure you and Bradley can uh, talk about it, and Josh, can you guys yeah, can well, talk about yeah. that. Welcome to, uh, <laughs> welcome to the PC club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the master race. I'm here. <laughs> and who, who's your main in Smash Brothers? We talked about, you use Joker, right? Is Joker is one of my mains. Uh, I have two, so I also main Terry now. Um, nice. Terry's my best character. I have him in Elite Smash, which is the top people online in the world. Uh, and I'm trying to get Joker there as well. I'm pretty close. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, glad to have you on the show. Um, this should be an exciting discussion. Um, before we get into The Last of Us, of course, we have Newsflash. Um, I'm going to set the timer. Bradley, you want to tell everyone what Newsflash is? Yeah, for sure. Um, so while Les sets the timer for Newsflash, Newsflash is we have 15 minutes to go over all the news we've accumulated in the last week, some new things, some things expanding on what we talked about in the previous episode, um, and then some things maybe to clarify if we got something wrong or if things have changed in uh, the amount of time since the last episode. Yeah, and any news that we don't get to, uh, you can find on the Facebook page. We'll talk about uh, that uh, at the end of the episode. So, timer is set. Uh, Bradley, I'm going to let you take it off. Um, In three, two, one. Okay, so for my first piece of news, Microsoft is the latest publisher to be interested in buying Warner Bros. Interactive Entertainment. Um, If you don't know, Warner Warner Bros. Interactive Entertainment makes things like um, Mortal Kombat. They were part of the Arkham Asylum games. Um, They're currently owned by AT&T. AT&T has been looking to sell Warner Bros. Interactive Entertainment for some time now to help reduce a one- a $154 billion debt, which was largely due wow. to them purchasing Warner Media, which is the parent company of Warner Bros. Interactive Entertainment. 
I think I think Microsoft would actually be a very interesting pick. Like I, I can't like it'd be so crazy to think that like Mortal Kombat and like Batman would be like my Xbox exclusives. That'd be that'd be crazy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, granted, kind of we're losing the idea of exclusives with like the PC situation. I mean, a lot of True. games that are exclusive to one console are coming to be a PC anyways. Like, mm-hmm. like so. I mean, and then Microsoft has always kind of been a weird like company when it comes to switching between pc and xbox systems yeah that's true yeah microsoft i think is a lot more um uh like they're willing to kind of um play game like play ball with other um companies i guess uh, when it comes to their games uh versus if it was playstation probably not but well for i mean (laughs) sony sony held off on like cross-platform play for a long time like microsoft was like yeah we'll do it and sony was like "Mm, maybe not but so Microsoft yeah. just kind of moved forward in the idea of like cross play and like just a community of gamers rather than depending on what console you're on. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, that's actually kind of a, a perfect kind of segue. I think I, I kind of uh, I, I said that PlayStation doesn't really play ga- play ball kind of with that stuff. But actually, Horizon <laughs> Zero Dawn is coming to PC uh, via Steam and Epic Games on August seventh. Um, so I guess I was quick to to uh, criticize there. Um, yeah, I know Death Stranding also, I think, came, or coming to PC? Yeah, it's already on It's PC. on PC already. It's already okay. on there, yeah. Got it. Um, so yeah, Horizon Zero Dawn's coming next. Um, I'll do one piece, I'll do one more piece of news for me, and then I'll do one of Josh's news. He's not with us this episode. Um, so the Xbox Series X first party game showcase is going to take place on July 23rd at 9am Pacific Time, 12pm Eastern Time. Uh, I know they confirmed we'll see Halo Infinite there, um, and... I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of other surprises because we don't really know a lot of the other games that they have in store. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, and then I'm going to do one piece of Josh's news. Um, Dragon Ball Z Dokkan Battle has started its five-year anniversary celebration on the global version of the game. The new special featured units are Transforming Blue Vegito and Transforming Blue... What is that? Gogeta? Jogeta? Blue. Uh, it looks like it. I don't really know. Dragon Gogeta. <laughs> it's Gogeta. 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 There we gotcha. go. Uh, the new characters are expected to drop on Thursday, July 9th at 2.30 a.m. Eastern Time. If you are not a Dokkan player, now is a great time to hop on, hop onto the app for the first time. Tons of new content, free stuff, and new characters. Oh, and did I mention free stuff? This is seriously one of the best times to create an account if you are not yet a player. There you go. <laughs> okay, so I will follow up with um, a piece of Josh's news and then mine. Uh, so I guess two pieces because this next one's kind of short. Halo 3 will come to Halo the Master Chief Collection for PC on July 14th. Um, and then DC Fandom is uh, accepting fan questions. When asking a question, you can select a topic. Topics range from the titles of movies to the titles of directors and more. But it has been found by several fans that while using certain browsers, two extra uh, options appear. Secret Movie 1 and Secret Movie 2. I think it's quite obvious that these options are supposed to be hidden until a future date. What may they be? Um, and then my next piece of news is fans of the Netflix show The Last Kingdom may be happy to hear that it has officially been renewed for a fifth season. Um, I like the show a lot. It's, it's. I, I think it's really good, and it's it's pretty historically interesting when it comes to like where it stands and what it shows. I have actually not seen that show. I have to check that out. Yeah, yeah I would. I mean, good. I would recommend it. Yeah, I, I definitely like it a lot. Cool, cool. Um, all right, so I'll do uh, 
few pieces of my news. Uh, Hamilton officially is on Disney+. Plus. Uh, you may have seen some people posting about it on Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. Um, pretty simple there. Uh, first three episodes of The Boys Season 2 will be released on September 4th. Episodes will then drop every week. Uh, a couple new cli clips have dropped if you want to get a tease for this upcoming season. Um, and that's going to be on Amazon Prime. And uh, kind of sticking with Amazon Prime, a Fallout TV series is also officially in the works. Uh, don't think we have a lot of um, news regarding like what that is going to be exactly, um, but it's coming. So, yay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Excited for that. Yeah. I'll pass it back to you, Bradley. Um, okay, so my next piece of news is, um, are you a fan of Superman? Are you a fan of Christopher Reeve's Superman specifically? Have you ever wanted to own his cape? Well, apparently Christopher Reeve's Superman cape that he wore in the sequ in sequences of the 1978 Superman, 1980 Superman 2, and 1983 Superman 3 is currently being auctioned off. Uh, the auction is through July 17th. Hopefully this episode will be posted before then in case you're interested. But it has reportedly um, – it's been reported that it could be upwards of $40,000. So We should all like get our money together. Chip in and just and buy a Christopher Reeve Superman cake. For oh, sure. We should definitely do that. It um, sounds like a smart buy. And then we can have, we can have, oh yeah, we can have like our own office, like the comic and culture cast office, and then we can have it like framed somewhere. Oh yeah, I mean amazing. for sure. Sick. Yeah. And then uh, speaking <laughs> speaking of Superman news, uh, DC Universe subscribers are being offered a deal to subscribe to. Did you already read that one? I did not. Oh okay, I saw HBO Max and I was like. To, to subscribe to HBO Max for only four ninety nine per month, the deal, if accepted, will run until the end of your annual DC Universe subscription. That's a pretty good deal, actually. Yeah, for sure. Because isn't it, how, how much is it? Like, isn't it like fifteen bucks? I'm not sure. Much? I don't have a DC Universe subscription. Oh, okay. Or I mean so. HBO Max. Or oh yeah, so hmm, yeah, it's I think it's about fourteen ninety nine. Yeah, not bad. I don't have it yet, but I might get it soon, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a good deal. All I mean, right. Also, um, I guess it also depends on how much the DC Universe subscription is. Yeah, true. Because then, yeah, yeah, good point. Um, all right. So I actually have just one piece of news left. Uh, I know usually I'm the one that has like a bunch of news, but like, I feel like the last couple episodes I've had like nothing. But anyway. Well, we, uh, after that one, just read Josh's last two ones if you want. <clears throat> cool. All right. So NBA 2K21 will be released on current generation platforms on September 4th, 2020. It's also going to be coming to next generation consoles. However, unlike Avengers and Cyberpunk, uh, which we covered last episode, there is not going to be a free upgrade from current to next gen. Uh, in fact, the PS5 and Series X versions of the game will actually be $70 at launch. Uh, games typically release for $60. Uh, if you do buy the uh, $100 Mamba Forever Edition, you will get both the current and next-gen next-gen next versions of the game. So, yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I saw an article today because of the announcement of NBA 2K21. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people are not happy about the increase in price, but I want people to probably understand this is probably what's going to be the normal price for a video mm -hmm. game from now on. Yeah. It's probably going to go from fifty nine ninety nine to sixty nine ninety nine um, when it comes to the next generation releases. So, and, and people have, I think, been uh, speculating about a price increase. I think for a while now. So, um, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I've done the math on that as well, and what I've noticed is that when it comes to inflation, uh, games have been sixty dollars for a very long time, um, and then them going up to seventy dollars now. 
uh, it's actually saving us money uh, if you do the math over time. Mm-hmm. Games were a lot more expensive 10, 15 years ago than they are right now, mm-hmm. even if the price does go up to 70 Yeah, and yeah. because of inflation, sure. technically they should be more than $70, but... Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll do one piece of Josh's news and then I'll pass it to you, Bradley. Uh, a new report is stating that Zatanna is getting a solo movie. Uh, comic writer uh, Gail Simone seemed to confirm this on Twitter with a simple yep, but has since deleted the tweet. Uh, Josh is excited about this news because he is a huge fan of the mystical side of DC, including Zatanna, her father Zatara, Swamp Thing, uh, Etrigan, Spectre, Dr. Fate, John Constantine, and more. Uh, if this can lead to live-action portrayals of those characters, he is 100% on board. I'm also on board because, yeah, doing movies about those characters seems really cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm on board as well. I mean, John Constantine is probably my favorite character in the DC universe. I, I think he's so cool. I like the dark side of like DC Comics, and John Constantine kind of embodies that. And the Doctor Fate is definitely one of one of my favorites as well. I really enjoy the Doctor Fate storyline. <clears throat> and then how Zatanna or Zatanna kind of goes into that story as well, and Zatara. Um. And then speaking of John Constantine, uh, according to the direct, Bad Robot is in development of a new Constantine film with J.J. Abrams scheduled to serve as producer. Bad Robot is also attached to the Justice League Dark series for HBO. We reviewed the original Constantine movie in a very early episode of the Stetson comic cast, way before we revived it as the comic and culture cast, which I was not a part of, so I'm saying this in first person. (laughs) Um, Be sure to go and listen to that episode back in the archives if you're interested. Um, yeah, I, I read that in first person. It was written first person. <laughs> I was not a part of that, but go ahead and listen to it if you want to know more about John Constantine than the original movie. Um, there's also been talks about a possible ban of the popular app TikTok in the United States, this following news of other countries that have already banned the app and more investigations being done about the data it collects off of its users' phones. So be wary. I know some people don't really care about stuff like that but it's being banned in certain countries that should show you that it might not be the best app on the marketplace right now do you guys um, use tiktok i do not i do not use tiktok i don't I, use tiktok no. I, I like to i feel like it's a i like to stick kind of <laughs> i like to stick to the watching vine compilations on youtube oh yeah yeah <laughs> um and then uh, Ubisoft's Battle Royale titled Hyperscape, which is due to be released on July 12th, even though there's some people who are playing, I think, early access, has been gaining traction when it comes to the gaming community for special features that involve live streamers and their viewers. With these fresh mechanics, will these fresh mechanics help Hyperscape in an already popular genre of FPS and Battle Royales? Honestly, like, <clears throat> I'm actually pretty intrigued by this game. Like, it looked, even though I play, like, like Apex is kind of my go-to when it comes to battle royales, but I, I will admit Hyperscape look, looks pretty looks pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like it looks. I don't, this is gonna sound weird because we already mm-hmm. kind of have it, but it looks more like a battle royale version of Titanfall than Apex yeah, Legends. I, agree. <laughs> I, I a thousand percent agree. With like that. Apex <laughs> Legends is kind of the Titanfall like yeah. battle royale, but when you look at Hyperscape, it's like. Mm, that's a little bit more like well, Titanfall. Yeah. Hyperscape reminds me more of like a Titanfall battle royale. Apex reminds me more of like an Overwatch battle royale. Yeah, for sure, because um, of the, but, the characters yeah. and abilities and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, what if Overwatch released a battle? I uh, heard in this game, but that oh, sounds yeah. really exciting because yeah, Titanfall yeah. 2 was an amazing game. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of people rant and rave about that and how it's just so underrated. 
Um, while we are talking about Hyperscape, uh, one thing I actually forgot to add um, to my news actually is uh, Ubisoft is having like a big um, showcase uh, on. I think it's Jul- I actually think it is July twelfth, uh, whatever this Sunday is. Um, but and they they did confirm Hyperscape is going to be one of the games that's going to be part of like their big showcase. Uh, they confirmed Hyperscape, Watch Dogs, and Assassin's Creed. So those two games for sure are going to be at that event. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to see more from all, all three of them. Yeah, for sure. And with that said, we're done, right? Yeah, that's all. All right. News. We have about two minutes remaining. Uh, this is the part of the podcast where I make up news for two minutes. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. That, that, that doesn't happen. Um, so let's get right into The Last of Us. Um, before we talk about The Last of Us Part 2, I figured we could have a quick discussion on the first game. Uh, so we, we briefly talked about The Last of Us before on past episodes. We haven't really gone kind of in-depth with it. Um, it was one of my top 10 games of the decade when we had our game of the uh, or the decade, big decade in review um, episode. Uh, the game is seven years old, and I imagine that you, the listeners, have probably played the first game if you're listening to this podcast episode. So there's not going to be a formal spoiler warning for the first game. This is it. This is your spoiler warning for The Last of Us. Get out of here if you haven't played it. Um, so let's just, yeah, go around and let's just get some quick reviews of the first game. Um, does anyone want to start or should I go first? You can go ahead and go first. So, um, yeah, so yeah, one of my top 10 games of the decade, I absolutely, um, adored the first game. Uh, funny thing is, is that when like they were, um, when, when they first showed trailers for it and, and like when they were hyping it up and everything like that, I actually wasn't super interested at first uh but i was like oh, i love naughty dog i love uncharted like I, I have to play the last of us even if i'm not like you know like 100 percent like on board with it uh, but then just like the for opening moments like when you're playing as sarah um and then you know uh she dies and you know all that stuff uh like it was just um it just grabbed me like immediately um it was so good um story joel and ellie's chemistry was amazing um i love i love the cast the music um yeah, just just every just everything about it was was great for me, so yeah, yeah. And then on uh, my thoughts on the game, uh, I absolutely loved it. Uh, it's one of my favorite games of all time, that's for sure. Um, but basically, same thing for me. I had never played a Naughty Dog game before, mm-hmm. not even any of the Uncharted ones. Uh, so going into it, I had no idea what to expect. But after that first intro with his daughter, uh, Sarah, that was just an amazing experience. It reeled me in. Um, and for the rest of the game, there were just so many moments that were like that. Uh, like when Ellie saw giraffes for the first time. Um, and one of the biggest things that uh, really intrigued me was that Naughty Dog seems like they like to take risks and make a story that's really original yeah uh so i loved how the game ended uh about how joel killed all the fireflies just to save ellie it seemed like he didn't really care about the rest of humanity he just cared about his uh you know his new friends the girl that reminds him of his daughter and um i thought it was a great ending to the first game i didn't really see there to be a need for a second game but um you know, I'm glad that they did and took that route. Uh, and we'll talk about that more after cool. this. <laughs> um, so, for sure. I mean, 
I bought a PlayStation 4 for The Last of Us. Like, that was why I got the console. Mm-hmm. was because I saw the trailer come out, and I was like, this game looks like it's going to be awesome. And I I love multiplayer games, but I'm a huge story story like game fan, right? Like, it's the big thing about me. I like stories. I like backstories, lore. And just, like, the one thing about this game that I loved the most playing it was that feeling of unease that you get in certain situations. Mm-hmm. Like, like when I play Resident Evil and other zombie games, I never have, like, this feeling of, like, overwhelming fear that something is about to happen, right? Even though there's a bunch of jump scares in some of those games. Granted, the seventh game was pretty intense, but... <laughs> When it came to uh, Resident Evil, but with The Last of Us, whenever you would get into like a room or into a building, like when you first experience clickers, right? Like the the feeling of sh- of like pure fear suddenly that you're like, wait, this is something I was not prepared for, <laughs> um, was amazing, right? Like, and the fact that they could tell such a great story, but then also pull you in and have you feeling. Probably not to the extent of what Joel and Ellie were feeling in the moments that were happening, but the fact that you can like sit there and you get goosebumps and you're like suddenly on edge, not prepared, and then somebody comes into your room and you're like screaming, freaking out because somebody just walked <laughs> in, but you're, but it's all because of that the the thrill and the intensity and that feeling that you got just sitting there playing this game, and I absolutely loved. Like, the feelings it gave you, how you could feel connected, how you felt happy when good things happened, how you felt sad when bad things happened, and you got afraid for what was going on, especially when it came to the end of the game. You were like, wait, what's going on? Wait, Joel, turn around. What are you doing? <laughs> so, that's why I love The Last of Us. Did any of you guys play on uh, Grounded Difficulty for the first game? Not for my first playthrough. <laughs> I, I swear, I still think I have PTSD from the grounded playthrough <laughs> of The Last of Us. Like, that was, I mean, like, like I'm so glad I got through it just to be like, oh, yeah, like, I did it. But, man, oh, man. Like, and I think that's the, the, the best way to play, I think, um, a game like The Last of Us where it's like, you literally just, like, you have one life, you know? And, like, you get shot once and you're, you're done, you know? But it helps with that, like, what you were saying, um, kind of that just intense, kind of thrilling moments of the game um but yeah 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 first game the first game's great <laughs> mm-hmm. i felt like it was yeah, already hard sure. enough on medium difficulty yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty difficult fair enough mm-hmm. <laughs> um all right so i guess we'll wrap up the discussion on the first game there because obviously the main topic uh for this episode is the last of us part two um, so yeah, this game has caused quite the stir among the gaming community. So I'm aware that some disagreements, uh, between this panel may occur. Totally okay. Uh, with that said, we're going to get straight into this review discussion. Uh, here is the formal spoiler warning for The Last of Us Part 2. Warning, warning, spoilers incoming. Let's do this. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick with you, Bradley. 
Um, and I, I want to hear your thoughts. Zero out of ten. First. All right. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. Um, so some people are probably going to really think I'm a very critical person with this review. Um, <laughs> but it's because I'm comparing it to The Last of Us, right? It's a sequel. Mm-hmm. And some people would right. be like, oh, you don't, you can't do that. You're supposed to just judge the game based on how it is. No, it's a sequel. It gets compared to its predecessor. And I'm sorry to say, but I kind of, with the the stereotypical, the sequel is always worse. I know there's some cases where it's not. Um, I will defend certain cases where it isn't, especially like Aliens compared to Alien, things like that. This game did so well with gameplay, graphics, um, those intense moments, but its storytelling and its choice of story was far inadequate compared to The Last of Us. Right, like, and some people are gonna say, "No, it was great storytelling," and I, I mean, I can see where it is great storytelling, but it is not as great a storytelling as The Last of Us was. And my reasons for that is, a revenge story has never really been that great of a story, especially where halfway through you stop playing as the character you were starting as, and start playing as the person you're trying to get revenge against. That might just be personal opinion, um, but I'm not a huge... Like, certain certain event stories are great when it comes to how you go about them, but this one, it just... It leaves a sour taste in your mouth, right? Like, like you don't have as much choice as you wish you would have, um, and I know games have started to do that more often with, like, oh, you can choose if you go down this path, or you can choose if you go down this path, and I think The Last of Us Part Two should have done that. It should have given you more freedom to choice, especially with what it does, right? Like, and I know some people are going to be like, well, if they make a Last of Us Part Three, how would they canon whatever choice you do? There's been plenty of games that canon a specific choice, even if it's not what you go, like, even if it's not what you chose in your previous game. And I just, I wish you would have had more freedom. I wish you would have been able to choose certain things the way you wanted them to be. And I know there are certain parts where it's like, oh, you can do this if you want. You can do that if you want. But there's like, it, and I know it's a linear story, but to set up a game where it's like, let's do all of this stuff. And then at the last second, let's change it. And I know we have a spoiler warning in place. So when you get to the end and you're fighting the villain that you are seeking revenge against, um, you decide in the last second, because you have a flashback, that you're not going to get that revenge. And I don't know. Part of it leaves an incredibly sour taste in my mouth. And that's why I don't think it was a great storytelling game. Because people would be like, oh, it was a great story. That's why it's a great story. But when your flashback is of Joel, he killed a bunch of fireflies just to save you as Ellie. And suddenly you're like, nah, he would never do anything like this. He'd forgive people. No, he probably wouldn't. (laughs) And that's my biggest gripe with the game. I have some other ones, but I'm going to pass it to you guys and we can come back to it. But I do have some positives as well that I will talk about. Uh, Do you want to give the game a rating or did you want to wait? I'll I'll wait for some of the positive stuff. Okay. Okay. You want to go, Issa? 
Yeah, so um, I do have some positives and negatives, just like you. Um, but basically, uh, when I was first going into this game, I hadn't looked at any of the leaks or spoilers or anything, so I had no idea what to expect. Um, and, you know, obviously, like everyone else, I had high expectations because the first game was just so good. Uh, but yeah, the story started out really slow and sad, and I feel like the acting was kind of off, um, when it, especially when it came to Ellie and Joel's relationship. It was really strange. Um, but later on, as the game progressed, you know, after uh, that whole scene with the golf club, um, when that whole thing happened, I was like, what is going on? Why did Naughty Dog do this? Um, but after that, um, going through the story and seeing the flashbacks, after I realized that Joel had actually told Ellie about what really happened in Salt Lake City, I was like, okay, this is starting to make a little more sense. Um, and then the game kept progressing, and uh, once I got to that part where I started playing as Abby, I felt the same way as you, Brad. I was like, why are they doing this? I'm trying to get revenge on this person. What do I have to play as her now? Uh, but seeing her own story and the other characters that are her friends seeing all their relationships, it really brought me to uh, see a different perspective on things. Um, one thing I really didn't like about the game is that the first one had a lot of happy moments as well. You know, moments that were it made you feel good uh, when you saw the chemistry between Joel and Ellie's relationship. And it seemed like the second game didn't really have many moments like that. It was mostly just a sad trip for like 90% of the time. Um, so that's the only negative thing I would say about the game is uh, there should have been more heartfelt moments. Um, but overall, I felt pretty satisfied with the story. It would have been a lot better if there was a choice at the end, like you were saying. If I had to choose, I would probably still get revenge on Abby, <laughs> honestly. Um, but still, I like how Naughty Dog made an original game uh, and tried to make an original story and took their own risks and did what they wanted. Um, because we see a lot of different series that have trilogies of these two main characters that are building their relationship the whole time. But you don't often see one of the main characters dying in the sequel. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I really respect that they made a story that original. Um, and I thought it was a great experience. And just like you were saying, the gameplay is phenomenal. The combat is definitely an improvement from the first game. And the graphics are absolutely amazing. Uh, I have like a new massive curved monitor that I was playing it on, and it was just absolutely beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those are like uh, all my thoughts on the game. Um, I also got a new TV. And yeah, it looks pretty freaking beautiful um so i actually I, I wrote something down but i'm actually not gonna kind of read it word for word exactly i'm kind of just gonna use it as like you know um a, a kind of a template to kind of get my ideas across um I, i'm in the camp that believe that i i don't think we should have ever gotten a sequel to the last of us at least you know when they were talking about part two like hey we're gonna be making a sequel i was kind of like oh but 
the first game already kind of stands so great on its own. Um, so I just want to I want to make that clear before I kind of get into my actual review of the game. Uh, honestly, my opinion I feel like has changed dramatically. Um, ever it's it's basically been all over the place, really. Like talk to me in a few days, like I, and my opinion may be totally different. Um, I don't. I, I don't hate it, I think, as much as a lot of other people have, like, on the internet and stuff. I'm not, at the same time, I'm not really kind of in love with it the way I am with the first game. Um, I, I'm just gonna, because I, f I feel like we're kind of tiptoeing around it. You know, we've had the spoiler, um, we've had the spoiler warning. So a Abby kills Joel, right? She, she kills Joel um, within the first, like, couple hours of The Last of Us Part Two, um, And... I knew that, I mean, I didn't know. I had a really good feeling that Joel would not be getting out of this game alive. Like, I kind of I kind of had that idea already. Uh, I didn't think it would happen the way it happened. Um, like, I, I really was kind of, I think, emotionally shook in that moment. I couldn't, like, believe what I was seeing. Um, I think, and a lot of people have had issues with, you know, with Joel's death and whatever. Uh... I, th I think I was okay with him dying. I think my big issue was that it felt kind of out of character for him, right? Like, like the Joel in the first game, he never would have trusted Abby. He never would have gone back to her camp, you know? Like, so I think that was my big issue. Um, I'm okay with it happening, just kind of how it happened was a little, felt a little bit off. Um, uh, <laughs> Uh, I want to. We'll talk about gameplay later, but I, I think we're just gonna be talking about the story right now. Um, I'm probably gonna make a lot of Last of Us fans mad with this. I didn't like Ellie's part of the story at all. I actually liked Abby's section. Um, in fact, if they made up Last of Us Part Three with Ellie, I probably wouldn't care. But if they made one with Abby, I probably would get excited, to be honest with you. Um, and I think the big reasoning for that is like Ellie's Ellie's part of the story is where I have a lot of issues right because like obviously she goes off to get revenge on abby but then i feel like a lot of it and and her friends right because there's a lot of people kind of involved with joel's death but at the same time like it never feels like when you're playing as ellie that you're getting revenge on anybody because right like tommy goes before her um to seattle and it, a lot of the times it feels like you're kind of just dealing with his aftermath of like of all the, like his killing spree basically um, so I think so. I think that was my big issue with Ellie's side of the story. Um, that and also like it, it was kind of it did kind of suck to see like like what you were saying like with um, Issa what you were saying with The Last of Us one. Um, Ellie was like this very uh, she was very funny and kind of charismatic. She was like the the light and kind of this dark world right. But like in this game, it's she's not right. She's kind of like. She, she's she's a killer she's crazy right um i think and i think that was my big issue um kind of just with all of that um the reason why i liked abby's story is because i did feel like um we did get more of that last of us feel with her and lev um i think in, in my opinion the best parts of the game actually are abby and lev like that, that, those are the parts that i loved the most like i thought like her doing the bridge um, was just such a cool moment. Um, just, just, yeah, just her and Lev, I think were my, were my favorite moments of that game. 
Um, I'm going to look at my notes here because there's more I wanted to say. That's one thing I forgot to talk about too. Yeah. Is, uh, that Abby and Lev's relationship really reminded me of Joel and Ellie from the first game. And yeah. that's one thing that I loved about it. Um, one thing that for, for me personally, I think when I look at this game as a whole, um, I don't really see it as a... And some people might be like, oh, but it totally is. I don't see it really as a revenge game. And I know some people are probably like, what are you talking about? But like to me, I feel like it's a game about moving on, I feel like, right? Like, throughout a lot of this game, you have Ellie and Abby, both of which, you know, have had, um, like, terrible things happen to them. And throughout different moments in the game, they're just kind of trying to move on from that, right? And so I think that was kind of the big takeaway that I had with this game. Um, I think that Ellie... When when Ellie sees Joel, I think, at the end, um, I, to, the, the way I took it was um, not like, oh, he would forgive Abby, but more like, more kind of what actually happened in that scene, right? Like, in that scene, Ellie is forgiving Joel for lying to her in the first game. So that was kind of more how I took it. Like, yeah, Joel did something bad, but I'm going to forgive him anyway. That, that, so that's kind of why, how I took it and um, why she didn't end up killing um, Abby at the end. I do think that um, the whole st uh, the story as a whole, I feel like it, it's, it was risky for Naughty Dog. Um, and I don't think everything works exactly. Um, but I kind of do give them... I kind of do give Naughty Dog some credit because, I, I don't know, to me, I think making it, like, too... Like, making giving the players a choice to kill her or not to kill her or, you know, making it like, you know, oh, here's Ellie's section of the story and you can play like, like there's two like different playable ways you can do it. I don't, to me kind of feels like a cop out to me. Like, I kind of like that Naughty Dog was like, you know, here's the story. You know, she's not going to just shoot Joel and make it a quick death. She's going to beat him to death with a golf club. And it's going to be brutal to watch. Oh, and you're going to hate her. But no, now you're going to play as her and you're going to kind of see her side of the story. So I don't know. Like, like to me, I kind of like that Naughty Dog went with it, made something a little bit more on the controversial side. And even though it didn't click with everybody, um, I still kind of, I, I, I kind of give them that, uh, kind of that, that credit, I think, um, for kind of sticking with their guns. Um, again, I, I don't think it all works. Um... I don't, but I don't think it's as bad as I think a lot of people are making it out making it out to be. Um, I still believe I still don't think we should have gotten a sequel. Like I mean, that that's just my opinion. Um, like it, like I don't think it's bad, but I, I think I would have liked it to just be The Last of Us and had them do something different. But anyway, that, those are just my thoughts. Um, opening statement thoughts. I guess let's just get right into a discussion. Um, do we want to talk about Joel's death? Is that kind of the best place to start? I mean, that's at the beginning of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so my thoughts on it, like the thing about it is I think it was a good choice, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and that's going to be super controversial because people loved Joel. Yeah. But I think it was a good choice, right? Like, because it like, but also I think it was kind of messed up to like, suddenly show him in trailers to get people hype and then be like and dead um mm. like 
Like, because they waited, right? Like, mm-hmm. to show Joel, right? They were like, yeah. oh, the last trailer of The Last of Us Part Two, Joel. And you're like, oh, my, look, Joel's in it. That's awesome. Like, I'm so hyped for this game. And then they're like, and our end dead. Like, guess what? Yeah. We tricked you. I don't like that aspect. But I do think it was the right choice because it suddenly gives you reason for the game, mm-hmm. right? Even though I don't like this version of a, like a revenge story, even like, like, cause I think of it as like a revenge, but also almost like a redemption kind of story. I don't like that, like this way of going about it, but it gave a reason for the game. Cause I, I also agree. I think the last of us as a game by itself would have never needed a sequel. I think it was an awesome game. Like, Honestly, you could have released an expansion this year to The Last of Us. I'd have gone back and played it. <laughs> like, um, yeah. I would have preferred if you gave us a, a sequel where I got to play as Tommy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I, I would love a Tommy led. And, and I think that'd be fun. And, and like, but so, and then I, I, I going to about Joel's death. I completely agree with you. It was a drastic change to the character. He in the first one, he goes to the camp and he sees Tommy. Right? He's like, oh, it's Tommy. But even with his brother there, he's very unsure about sticking around with the other people he doesn't know. His brother has been staying with these people for years. And he's like, "Mm, I don't know if I want to be here. But then suddenly, like, and you guys could say it's because time has passed. He's not like, it's the apocalypse. You don't lose stuff like that. Yeah. And like, so him just being like, oh, we'll, like, instead of being like, oh, we'll take you back, we'll drop you off, then we'll be on our way. Him being like, oh, like, let me meet your camp, let me meet your friends, like, and putting his guard down instantly, like, like, they're just kind of, they're, the second more than one person walked into that room, they should have been like, all right, let's get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> like, but he um, didn't, and that was kind of, that's one of my other problems with it, but I do think the choice to kill Joel was a good story-driving choice. Yeah, I want, I want to touch on that a bit um, because, one, I think the reason why, and I agree with you, I think that showing him in the trailers was, like, super misleading on their part. I do think that a lot of it is to kind of to kind of lead people down, like, a more surprising path, I guess. Because, um, t- for me, I, when I was looking at the trailers and everything, I always thought it was going to be Dina was going to be the one that was going to die at the start, right? At the same time, even though Ellie might have been like, oh, like, I need to adventure, blah, 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 blah. I don't think us as players would have felt the same way if it was someone like Dina or even Jesse that died. Like, I think killing off Joel was was probably the best move for the story that they wanted to tell. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that. But, yeah, I also agree with you that the way that they handled it completely wrong i mean <clears throat> when joel and tommy first meet abby when they're getting chased by all those zombies the first thing he tells her <clears throat> is their actual first names and they could have done something different they could have made up fake names you know joel in the first game was really careful about mm-hmm. a lot of things careful about trusting people uh and it was really weird to see him just walk into that mansion uh and there were a ton of people in that room. You know, I'm sure old Joel, if he walked into a room with that many people, would have his guard completely up. But, um, yeah, he was completely out of character. And it was really weird to see. And that's one of the main things that threw me off from mm-hmm. the game when I was starting to play it. Is like, what's going on? This is a weird story. And, yeah. 
uh, even Tommy is acting weird too. Like they both <laughs> wouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I do agree that killing off Joel was the right move to create a new story um, and to create a revenge story. You know, they either needed to kill Joel or Ellie. That was really what it mm. came down to. Um, so they made the right choice there. They just didn't execute it properly. Yeah. Yeah, like, like so you could have done something where, like, even if you had Ellie for a few moments, right, like, where she like there was some she had some revelation happen through the game like i think it would have been i think it'd have been so much cooler if like you had this kind of discussion between tommy and joel where joel's like no let's get back to camp we got to get back to like we're, we gotta they gotta find it no we're safe and tommy was like no 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 let's like things are gonna be okay because i mean tommy was kind of guarded but he was also a little bit more of a social people person right like that was one of the things about him and so he was like, okay, let's just let's just make sure the people are like everything's clear or whatever. And then Joel walked in with him to make sure everything was clear, and they got caught off guard, and Joel gets killed. And then Tommy's story for the sequel would be like him kind of redeeming like the fact that he got his brother killed. Better story personally. But <laughs> but yeah, I just there's Joel's death gives you this story, right? Like, and it's what emotionally invests you, right? Like, cause like you said, if Dina would have died, eh, who cares? Tommy would have yeah. died a little bit more of like a care about Tommy, but at the same time, eh, who cares? But so like, but to, so to choose that one is the right emotional investment move. Right. Mm-hmm. And you like, cause um, immediately it gets people into like, Oh, I'm going to kill this girl. Like I'm going to hunt her down yeah. and kill her. And and so it was the right choice, but yeah, like I think they went about showing him and using him to create a hype train the wrong way. I mean, people were hype. Like people got yeah. hype about this game. The second they saw the the video of the guitar, like it, at the original release where it was like two minutes long and like, and then you know, they're like, oh, Last of Us Part Two, Ellie. People were like, this game's going to be awesome. It's going to be so cool. It's going to be sick. And then you're like. Oh, by the way, Joel's here. <laughs> and it's like, oh, sweet, Joel's back. Oh, that's going to be awesome. And then it's like, eh, yeah. So it's like, because, I mean, it, it wouldn't have gotten you emotionally invested. But it would have been, I think it would have been a lot better to get into the game and then see Joel after you started playing the game. And be like, Joel, Joel's in the game. Oh, my God, Joel's in the game. And then have him die. And then being yeah. like, oh, my God, Joel, Joel just died. What, what just? <laughs> but to use him as like a marketing tool in that aspect, I feel like was the wrong way to go about it. And there was a moment, like, I remember one moment specifically in the trailer where it's like, um, uh, where like someone grabs Ellie and then she's like, oh, what are you, what are you doing here? And in the trailer, it's Joel, right? And he, and he says like, some, oh, like, like, I would never let you do this on your own or something like that. But then in the game, it's Jesse that does that. And like, I can't watch that scene and be like, and think of like, oh, but in the trailer, it's, you know, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that was another thing. Yeah. That was kind of messed up that yeah. they did. <laughs> you know, uh, well, I was gonna say, and some people might compare that to like, like Infinity War, right, where they showed the Hulk in the trailer, but it wasn't yeah, actually yeah. the Hulk. But that's a completely different turn, right? Like, because it's not the Hulk in Infinity War; it's it's Bruce Banner and the Hulk Buster. But then this one, it's like it's it's like, oh, look, it's Joel. It's it's like it's Joel. He's there. He's with her. But it's not Joel. He's not with her. Mm-hmm. They're lying to you. It's a lie. They lied. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So. Yeah, so she kills Joel, and then Ellie goes to Seattle, 
Um, now, when you first get there, obviously Seattle is like, it's it's pr- it's pretty open, right? Like like that's something. Um, I guess we can talk a bit about the gameplay now. Like this game is really like they really opened it up, um, and I think that um, creates a lot of cool opportunities. Like like combat wise, I think it's very cool. Like it's very easy to kind of um, like if you like if you're playing stealthily, right? And um, you get caught. It's so easy to just like disengage and reposition, and you can keep going. Um, so I. I, I I, in terms of in terms of gameplay, I think it was a a big um, big improvement. I think over the first game and, and over Uncharted as well. I think Uncharted Four really opened things up, and now Last of Us even opened things up more. So, yeah, I loved uh, Seattle Day One, just running around on the mm-hmm. horse and exploring all the buildings and uh, checking out all the different lore. I mean, even reading some of the notes. Some of them were really scary or like heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you guys like to read those uh, artifacts, but uh, a lot of the time I would read those notes and then progress in the game, and it, like you'll see the people that wrote those things like dead on the floor or already a clicker or yeah. something like that, and it's like oh my god, I just killed the guy that just wrote this note that I picked up. Yeah. <laughs> and that was another thing that I liked that they added into the game was they made it more like um, more interactive with the zombies. Mm. It's not like you're killing someone random. You just killed this person that you know was suffering and you know what they've been through, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, so that was a really big change that I thought was interesting that a lot of people overlooked. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, I loved one part of the game when you're in the underground subway and there's all that red lighting. Uh, and oh, yeah. It's like a fight with people and clickers. That part fun. was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I had so much fun there. Um, and I feel like if they made more uh, moments like that, the game could have been a lot more exciting too. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Like like I said in my initial response to it, the gameplay was outstanding. Mm-hmm. The the expansion they made, like the the how much farther they brought it compared to The Last of Us, the first game, and then even after like you said learning from the Uncharted games and progressing forward in that, it it is a much smoother game. The combat is so much smoother, it's so much nicer. Um and then, yeah, there's just, they, they I, I do read the artifacts, I, I like learning about the stories, and go, like, I mean, I do complete playthroughs where I just search for, like, 100% completion of, like, artifacts and, and notes and stuff like that, and I think the fact that, the, yeah, they change some of the, what you see, what you do, how you interact with the environment, the expansiveness of Seattle, and instead of just being in, like, these small rooms or these small areas, you kind of get this open world that you look at. But then at the same time, when you get into those moments of of conflict, when you're fighting clickers or you're fighting um, zombies or you're fighting people, it f- suddenly feels like you, even though that's it's bigger and it's more it's more the, f- the gameplay flows, you still feel like almost pushed into a corner, forced into a corner. And it's it's one of those feelings that in real realistically, in if you were this person in that moment, you'd feel that way. Right by yourself, surrounded by zombies or and and a couple of clickers, you'd instantly be like, "Okay, I this this whole area is here 
but I'm right here. This is all I have right now. And, and so that's one of the things they will always do really well is give the player that feeling of you are here. This is what you have to do. This is how you're going to do it. But let's see if you can do it successfully. And I, 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 I will always love that about these games. And it will always be impressive to me that they, they do that. Uh, yeah, one, one thing I really liked was kind of the, um, like, the, the attention to, uh, to detail with this game, I think, is just uh, so incredible. Specifically, like, how a lot of the human enemies um, and the dogs, they have names. And so, like, like I remember there was one time I was fighting, uh, I, I was fighting a human and his dog, and I, I shot, I shot the the dog with an arrow and I was like oh heck yeah and then and then the human the human stopped fighting me and like looked at him and was like he screamed his name I think it was bear or something like that and I genuinely felt bad I was like oh crap like I totally just killed a dog with a name and blah 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 and I felt really bad but then I just yeah I killed the guy but it, it really makes you feel bad about a lot of the things that you're doing in the game which I I, I think is probably a feeling that Naughty Dog was going for um what we're talking about infected too like uh, the, the stalkers, man. The, oh man, I hate those things oh, so God. much. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, I, I, man, there's so many times I got like I was so terrified of those things. <laughs> yeah, those stalkers completely threw me off because you can't even hear them. Yeah. At all. So it was like they just kept popping out of corners, and I'm not a kind of guy that plays horror games or watches horror movies. Uh, so playing this game, you know, it was really fear inducing in some moments Mm -hmm. but the gameplay was just so much fun and killing zombies was (laughs) such a blast it made up for it you know yeah i mean like i'm a big fan of horror movies and horror video games i mean that when horror stuff comes up in the news it's usually like in in newsflash it's usually me uh, who talks about it (laughs) um and then i'm a big fan of the survival horrors i'm a huge fan of like um outlast and and things like that, obviously Resident Evil, Silent Hill, but, and, and I get, like, some of those games do nothing to me, right, I don't get uneasy in them, I don't feel, like, on the edge of my seat, and, you know, the Stalkers were this game's clickers, right, because Mm -hmm. in this game, clickers were not as much of a threat, right, like, Mm -hmm. like, they, they are kind of a threat still, but because of what it is, is basically, they took the idea of the fact that it's years in the future, people have become a little bit more adept to fighting the infected and fighting the zombies that they're up against. But then you have the stalkers who you have no advantage over. Like you said, you can't hear them. The clickers, the thing about clickers is you hear them. That's that's how they find you and how they find things is they hear noise and they use kind of echolocation. Stalkers don't make noise. They're just suddenly on top of you. (laughs) (laughs) And, and it's terrifying. It's one of those moments that like, like it may, like when you know, like, this happened to me more than once. I would come upon a stalker, and I would be like, oh, crap. And I would adjust myself and quickly move out of the way to find a different spot. And the whole time after seeing the stalker, I'm like, it's going to be right behind me. It's going to come out of nowhere. I'm going to be done for. And, like, because cause you never know, right? Like, after you see the stalker, and even after you take it out, you're like, is there another one nearby? Like, I have no clue I can't find out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so, so yeah, the, the fact that they were still able to maintain and give you that feeling of unease and fear, like, was, was excellent. And then, I mean, like, like you were talking about with the feeling of sadness when it came to, 
like the animals and stuff. The animals were the only time I felt I felt bad, <laughs> like because kind of at the same time I had the flashback of like the division. If anybody's played the division, oh, yeah. when you when you kill the rioters, they're always like they got Alex, and it's like <laughs> I don't care about Alex anymore. <laughs> like I've heard his name thirty thousand times. So it's like when when people when you, they would say the the person's name, it's like yeah whatever. But then the second like. The dog dies, yeah. and yeah, they're like they're like bear. It's like, and I hate myself as a person. <laughs> what am I doing? And but so yeah, so it, it, like it speaks volume to even though I'm not a I, I'm not a big fan of like the game. I mean, I'm not uh, like I don't hate it like some people. Some people absolutely have trashed this game in horrible ways. <laughs> um, it still gives me feeling right. I still I get I I still get kind of anxious. I still get were like afraid i still feel bad and and I, I do miss the idea of having a little bit more heartwarming moments in the game uh while we're talking about animals real quick uh obviously we talked about joel dying but his death wasn't the most important obviously it was the horse right <laughs> <laughs> that that was that was like oh man i felt so bad for that horse dude like he was like he, they, they should have gone they should have chased them the horse would still be alive, you know? Yeah, I was watching this one YouTuber playing the game, and he was like, if this horse dies, I'm going to stop playing. And then literally, oh not gosh. even a minute later, the horse died. <laughs> it was so funny. Oh, my God. Um, I don't know. I thought of, like, The Walking Dead with, like, with like Rick. I was like, that horse deserves oh, to yeah. die. <laughs> and then this horse in the game, I was like, nah, the horse... The ho- like this horse needs to be okay like it's the horse was the best character of and the then, entire game yeah and it basically was like that same that same moment that you're talking about i i've seen that video as well and and i was like i was like oh man horse is gonna die i don't want this to happen at all <laughs> <laughs> like i could feel it building to that moment and like i was like the horse is gonna die this is not okay like you already took joel don't do the horse like this <laughs> <laughs> and, it, it and then kinda, inevitably it happened it kind of came out of nowhere too like you're just riding and then the explosion goes off i was like what the heck is going on yeah i yeah. like i don't know there was like even though it comes out of nowhere there's part of me that was like something's gonna happen like something has to happen right yeah something has to happen and this horse is gonna be the cannon fodder like, <laughs> like, it, it, it's too smooth sailing right now like yeah exactly uh, yeah nothing bad has happened in five minutes Something bad has to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, going back to the infected, what did you guys think of that? Uh, the when you're playing as Abby, that the what's I don't even know what you even call that thing. That gigantic one. Oh, the shamblers, right? No, not the, it's the like the it's like a big boss battle, like in the hospital. Oh, um, I really oh, yeah. I don't know what they call that thing, but, either, but that yeah. that thing was that thing was freaky, man. That was so <laughs> ugly. <laughs> That was so much fun. That was fun. That I was a lot of fun. Thing. Yeah. And then like the, and then like the, was it? What is it? What was it? A stalker? Like one of it breaks off, and like it's like a smaller one that breaks off, and it's like, like running around trying to kill you. That was pretty fun. That was yeah. a, that was a fun fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the new enemies that they brought into the game. Yeah, uh, it was a cool change. Shamblers are cool too. Shamblers yeah, are cool. Sure. It was kind of like. Uh, the same kind of enemy that was in the Left 4 Dead games, if you played those. I've not, but... Okay. Yeah. Was it... Was it, um... I try, I'm trying to look it up, because I don't remember the name of it. Was it the Rat King? Uh, I don't remember the name, but that does sound really familiar, yeah. 
Uh, multiple infected, including at least one bloater and one stalker, have fused together, resulting in a multiple-armed, multiple-mouthed abomination. The thing in the hospital. Interesting. Yeah. 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 That's and it's, one, it, yeah. I, I don't know if they actually named it the Rat King in the game, but it says it was deemed the, the Rat King because of the phenomena that happens in the Animal Kingdom. Which, if you don't know about that, I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of um, weird. So, uh, I, I know, I think in a lot of our... I think we're all in agreement that Last of Us Part Two isn't as good as the first game, correct? Are we... Correct. We're yeah. all in agreement on that. Um, I think one thing that I kind of really want to touch on, because for me, um, and you know, if you listen to the podcast for, for a while, you know that for me, the most important thing um, is always the, the characters. And I, I feel like um, where the first game really delivers on, where part two doesn't... Um, There's too many. Is, well, that. Uh, but also, like, in, like, I don't think any of the characters in part two, at least the new characters, really... Um, can compete with uh, the the characters in the first game. Like I thought, Tess and Bill, uh, Henry, Sam, all of those characters. I, I like. I still feel like, um, like immediately, like like when I think of those, I'm like, oh yeah, those characters were so great. Like there wasn't really anyone in part two that um, really did that for me. And I I'm, I don't know if you guys would agree or disagree, but I mean th- th- that's just one thing that I noticed. I, I feel like. New characters they didn't really. I, I'm not probably not even going to think about most of the characters that were introduced in this game. Yeah, that's true. When it comes to like Dina and Jesse, yeah. they just weren't as important mm-hmm. uh, to me. Yeah. Um, as like like you said, Tess in the first game mm-hmm. was a big part of that, and like when she got bit, and um, when she had to sacrifice herself, that was like a huge moment. Yeah. In that game. And one of there were a lot of huge moments, but in The Last of Us Two, you know, when Dina said she was pregnant, I didn't really get that kind of feeling. Yeah, I was kind of like, okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, and when Jesse died, I mean, yeah, it's pretty sad, but he just wasn't that big of a character, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like the hard hitting characters in this game are the ones we got in the first game, um, and I mean, like. It's hard to say, like, I'm a big fan of story, right? I think that's obvious to a lot of people who've listened for a while, and then anybody who listens to me rant about stories and and lore and stuff like that. And I didn't get the same feeling about the story in this game that I did in the first one. And I think it was a lot to do with, like, the characters and how they interacted with each other and how you could see, over, like, you could feel over time, like joel's attachment to ellie grow throughout the first one right like because at first he's like it's just a job i don't care right like and then he's like you know what like you're kind of like you're kind of okay and then she saves him and that kind of creates that perfect bond right and you see it in the end of the first game where he's like you know what i could save all of humanity but who cares (laughs) and um and you just don't really get that same kind of experience in this game like like you were saying with with Dina saying she's pregnant, it's like, ah, okay. And and then Jesse dying. Like, Jesse dying, it's a sad moment, but it's like, you just don't have that emotional investment in the character. And then a lot of the, the like, bad characters, right? A lot of, the, like, Abby's, like, friends and stuff. It's like, I don't even really remember your name. <laughs> you, like, especially when you uh, compare them to David from the first game. Yeah, for sure. If you guys remember him. Um, 
Yeah, I thought I thought he was like he was a great uh, bad guy um, in in the first game. Yeah, I feel like a lot of Abby's friends were like like okay, probably won't remember you tomorrow. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and and like the sad thing is like this game, I, it just doesn't feel. And people might disagree with this. It doesn't feel like it has character development, mm-hmm. right? Like you get a little bit right. Like I liked. I I didn't like the idea of putting a part where you play as the bad person in the game. But I liked the story it told, right? Like, like I agree with the idea that it was a really good part of the story. I just didn't like that I had to do it, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's like, I, 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 right now I hate this person. I don't care. <laughs> but, like, yeah. but the story it tells is really good. I just, don't make me do it again. Um, but, like, even with that, it's like, I'm probably, like, the only thing I'm going to remember this character for is she killed Joel. Like, that's all I'm going to remember about this character in a couple of years. And I remember Joel from The Last of Us. I remember Ellie from The Last of Us. I remember Tommy. Like, they they put such an imprint on you in that game because of how well it was done. That even though this game is done well, even though it's not the story I would have liked, and it's not the greatest story in video games, and it'll probably be forgotten about after a while. There'll be certain moments people will remember this is the game that Joel died in. Um... It doesn't, I like, that's the big thing. Like, we talked about in the last episode with The Dark Knight. Like, The Last of Us stands up to the test of time. I don't think The Last of Us Part 2 will. Uh, I 100% agree with that. Um, One thing I actually did want to... Crap, I totally forgot what I was about to say. (laughs) I had had a point I I wanted to say. Um, Okay, I think I remember now. Uh, So, yeah, for me, I think a lot of... Oh, okay. Now, now I remember. So when I I remember when I first finished part two, um, I I still kind of feel the same way. Is Naughty Dog? I think had some really great ideas. I just don't think they were executed um, to the best of their ability. Um, I think one of the uh, and that is specifically kind of like I think the main issue here is like I I get what they were going for with like hey here's. Um, like Ellie's side of the story and now here's Abby's side of the story. But I, I feel like kind of dividing them up, um, you don't really get to fully sympathize with one or the other if that makes sense because of kind of the way it's spaced out. I think a lot of the big issue with me with this game is the pacing, right? Like you here's Ellie for this like prolonged period of time and it's like a good chunk of the game. And then you switch to Abby and you don't even see Ellie for like hours you know so i i think that is kind of like i get what they were going for i do think it could have been handled better yeah i feel like it would have been a lot more interesting if they switched back and forth like every Mm -hmm. three or four hours or so Mm -hmm. that would have been uh better storytelling in my opinion Mm -hmm. um because that way we could sympathize with both sides at the same time and then when you get to the ending it like all comes together yeah it probably would have been paced better if they went that route and i mean i I definitely agree with that the pacing of the game is very off and like the game starts off super slow and there's moments that that they pick they get your heart rate going they get they get you into the moment but it's just overall is a slow paced game and like yeah i mean it would have been cooler if they would have kind of intertwined the stories a little bit more Mm -hmm. um especially like even if you didn't play as abby all the time if you would have had like cutscene more cutscenes 
of what's going on with with them and her her crew and her friends then it's like okay like and even if they're flashbacks to show you what happens and show you why these things are happening and show you who these people are allow their characters to develop over the course of the game rather than just being like oh yeah that character existed for 10 minutes like is like especially when it's like a story of revenge right like that's the thing about like the story is ellie wants to kill all of them right like she's like i'm gonna get all of them especially abby but like besides knowing that they were there like the characters it's like you could have put honestly you could have put characters in t poses that did nothing and you'd be like all right whatever doesn't change who they are i don't know anything about them and like it would have been more sympathetic to see these stories unfold intertwined rather than just a sudden snippet of like abby and who she is and then being like oh wait that's kind of sad and then also seeing at the end where she's like tortured and hung up to the pole it's like oh that's kind of sad <laughs> like you don't and, go sorry. ahead no, i was gonna ahead. say and, and i think one of the issues um with that is because like you have ellie who's on this kind of revenge arc but then abby's arc um in the game is not really like her the things that she's doing are basically unrelated a lot to what's kind of ellie's doing right like abby's not dealing with kind of the aftermath of uh, or Abby's not dealing with as much of the aftermath of what Ellie's doing as I think. What, originally, when I started playing as Abby, I'm like, oh, now we're going to see this from the other side. Like, Ellie's going to be killing all her friends, blah, 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 blah. But Abby's rarely dealing with her. You know, like, she's off doing her own separate story. And so I, th- I think there was a bit of, like, issues there as well. Um, that yeah. the two arcs are just unrelated to each other, you know? Yeah. And, like, the idea, like, I think it would have been, like, this it sounds weird because it kind of almost paints the picture that oh she killed Joel she got what she wanted now she doesn't care but i think it would have been a much cooler insight on like cuz she cared about her father that's the whole reason right. also people who are listening and don't understand abby's reason for revenge joel oh, yeah. killed joel killed abby's father when he killed all the doctors and the fireflies at the hospital at the end of the first game we probably um, should have that. <laughs> we probably should have. I, hopefully, the people who are hopefully the people who are listening have at least played the game or watched some of the, some a streamer or YouTuber play. Yeah. But so, to, it would have been. I think I would have become much more sympathetic and emotionally invested into her character if we would have seen that killing Joel did not fulfill that void, right? Like, like because that's the story of a lot of revenge, right? Is just because you get revenge doesn't mean you'll feel better about it. So to see. If we, like, and some people might be like, no, it makes her more of like a cool villain that she killed Joel, and now who cares what happens to other people? Like she forgets about Ellie, she forgets about Tommy. Tommy, her her job is done. But like, to, like if she would have had like a moment where she like, like feels bad or like shows like regret for what she did earlier in the game, and like even has like a weird flashback to like like breaking down and being like i i shouldn't have done that i should have forgiven him that would have been the better thing to do like to show her more of a human character to give her more of a human thought like especially in a revenge redemption kind of story like i think that would have been a little bit better to kind of sympathize and get you connected to abby rather than just being like oh yeah sympathy for a few minutes she killed i I, I actually really want to touch on that because actually i think you bring up a really good point um so I mentioned in my kind of opening statement, my favorite part of the game actually is 
with Abby and with Lev. I, I love kind of the, um, the relationship that the two of them end up having. Um, and, and we do, I think, see her start to become a kind of a better person when she is, does start taking care of um, Lev and Yara and all them. With that said, like, I feel like it would have been a cooler, it would have been cooler, I think, to tie, like, oh, hey, I feel bad about what I did, like, with Joel, and now I'm gonna try being a better person and, like, take care of these kids, you know? But, like, I, I feel like the way they kind of did it, it just felt so, like, it felt just so random. Like, why on earth would she care about these people, like, you know, after all the bad stuff she's done? Like, I don't know, it just, like, I feel like it could have been more polished, I guess, um... Because I, I kind of see how they were trying to give her this redemptive arc, but it just didn't feel natural, um, is I guess the word I'm looking for. Yeah, it definitely needed more purpose. Yeah. Um, seemed like this kid just came out of nowhere. Right, and it's <laughs> like, like, why on earth would she all of a sudden care about this kid? Like, like that, that, yeah. doesn't, like, that was never really explained, you know? Which I think would have been great to tie it back to the whole, like, hey, I feel bad about killing this guy, and now I'm going to try and do some good. But, I don't know, it just didn't come across that way. It just felt a little too random. Yeah, even, though I mean, I did, even though I did like that part, but, yeah. That, I mean, that was, that was my, that's part of my biggest gripe with it, um, mm-hmm. is you don't get development of characters. Yeah. Like, like, you don't see that change in Abby. You don't see her kind of take on this more, like, 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 parental figure. Um when it comes to like, cause you see that it happens, right? You like, mm-hmm. you're like, Oh, she cares about live. Like she cares about these people, but you don't see why you don't see that right. attachment grow. Like, like, like the attachment you see with Joel and Ellie, you see that attachment happen naturally. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, suddenly you're like, wait, Abby cares about this person. Like, like, wait, what's their connection to each other? Wait, why is this happening? Like, it doesn't give you that story. And, and it, it, it's just like, and it's character development we don't get because we don't stick with the characters for long enough. They're not, mm-hmm. like, because we switch at some points, right? And then and then even during Ellie's point, because it's a revenge story, because she's like, I want to hunt down Abby and I want this, like, I want to get revenge. Like, you don't see her grow over time, right? She just has that sudden moment at the end where she's like, you know what? I'm going to forgive her. It's like, like, and I, we, there are flashbacks throughout the story that kind of tell you something but it doesn't show like her battling with the idea of forgiving her or getting revenge until that last sequence and it's just like build-ups like that make games right like like because you knew at one like with with the last of us you see joel building up to ellie as like this is my surrogate daughter and then ellie being like i care about joel like he's my father figure he's taking care of me and then you see when he finds out what they're going to do to her to make the the cure he's like wait no like like and but like but you knew that was going to happen because of what had already built up throughout the game the decision to forgive is like super sudden to me mm-hmm. right like it just happens too quickly like you're like wait a second what <laughs> like and I- I think what made, um, in the first game, what made Joel and Ellie's relationship so great was that um, a lot of it um, kind of traces back to his his actual daughter, Sarah, right, who dies. And that's kind of where you kind of can see that connection between Joel and Ellie as like, you know, he's the father and she's the daughter. But we don't get that with um, tying it back to Abby and Lev. We don't see 
Like, there's not that same relationship there. Like, it's actually kind of an interesting theory that I've read that, like, Abby could be transgender, right? And then if, if she is, then, that okay, that makes perfect sense. But that's not really explored, right? You, you don't understand why she would care about this kid. Um, and I think, I think that's what we were missing kind of in that relationship and why it doesn't work as well as Joel and Ellie's does in the first game. Right. Yeah, yeah like... So... Yeah, go um, ahead. Like in the first game, you know, you experience Sarah's death firsthand. Mm -hmm. It's the first thing that happens. So when you get to the end and you realize that Ellie's going to have to die for right. this cure to become a thing, you know, you have the same kind of thoughts as Joel. Like, that's not worth it. Yeah. Ellie's like the best part of this entire story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or in my opinion, she was. Yeah. Uh, and. Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, uh, in Last of Us 2, <laughs> at the end, when Ellie decides to forgive Abby, it's kind of like, wait, where's this decision mm -hmm. coming from? I don't feel like we should forgive her. Mm -hmm. You know, it just goes against the uh, perspective of, you know, the person that's playing the story. Well, and it's weird, too, because um, in, in that moment of the... Like, like Ellie has not gone on the journey with Abby that we have, right? So, like, as, like for me as a player, I, I was like, oh, I don't want to kill Abby. But Ellie wouldn't have that same relationship with her that players do, right? And I think that's kind of the big... Like, she literally leaves Dina and the baby and, and her, her great life to go and finish the job just to not finish the job. And there, so that just didn't yeah, make much sense. Completely unsatisfying. Yeah, yeah especially, especially with that aspect in it right she leaves dina and the baby this family she's created mm -hmm. like and because of the the consuming effect that revenge has on people right like it's all they want it's all they think about so she goes and then to not fulfill that suddenly without any type of development right like because like you like you said it's like it's like i understand like because partially like i know why abby did it but at the same time i'm like killer killer do it, do it. And then suddenly Ellie's like, no, I'm not going to. And it's like, I hate you. You were a great character in the first game. You suck. <laughs> like, especially because like, like you were saying with the first game, you feel, you have those same thoughts as Joel. Mm -hmm. Even though you feel bad for Abby because you know what she's gone through, you know what's happened to her, you know how she's changed. Ellie doesn't know that. Mm -hmm. So... You're thinking in your mind, Ellie's like, I'm going to kill her. I'm going to kill her. And then you suddenly see this flashback and you're like, wait, what's going on? And then you're like, wait, no, she's not going to do it, is she? She's not going to kill her. So when you're having a conflicting thought with what the the actual character you're playing as is having, it's kind of like, eh, this isn't the right feeling. Like, this isn't like, especially in a game like The Last of Us, where it's supposed to be kind of you, you're playing as this character, but you're also like immersing yourself in this world and to suddenly be pulled out of the game because you're like, wait a second, I'm not like, this is not about to happen the way I think it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And it's not like a, it's not like a twist. Like, like some games have a twist. Some movies have a twist. It's not a twist. That's her forgiving Abby is not a twist. I like, and some people might be like, oh, I was caught off guard. Honestly, it's, it's, it's not though, but it's, it's a conflicting idea that just, doesn't fit right and it leaves a sour taste in your mouth that it happens that way yeah does anyone else have anything 
they want to say about last Should we talk about what we would rate the game? Do, do we have a rating? We can give a score. Yeah. Go ahead, Lesh. Uh, I am probably, um, I, again, I, I didn't hate it. I wasn't totally in love with it. I'm probably around, for me, a 7.5-ish, uh, mainly due to gameplay, um, music, uh, visuals, stuff like that. I think the story is kind of where it loses me a bit. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm probably a 7.5. Yeah. So, for me... <clears throat> You know, the first game is a perfect 10, without a doubt. Uh, And then, as for the second game, the combat was an improvement. Visuals, obviously, were an improvement, but that's a given. Um, The story definitely was not nearly as satisfying. So Mm -hmm. I'd say I'd give it a 7 out of 10. So... I like so I like I said the gameplay like we've all kind of agreed on the gameplay yeah. the visuals the combat the flow of the game the feeling the game gives you is outstanding right it's mm-hmm. it's very on par with the last of us the gameplay obviously is better cuz time is gone they've learned things the visuals are better cuz technology is advanced advanced they've learned things but to take a story like the last of us and then give us the story of the last of us part 2 it's kind of like, how did you do this? How did you screw this up so royally, right? Like, and it's not like a horrible screw up. It's not. It's not an end all be all like screw up. Granted, it probably it might be for the series. They might not pursue a, a trilogy with this series because of the mixed reviews they've gotten from this game and some of the sale like declines and returns. But can I can I touch on that real quick? Go ahead. Um, if they if they ever do make a part three. It, it has to be a new cast, I think. Like, completely, like, forget everyone. And the rest of us. Do something. The rest of us. <laughs> Yo, if they did that, that would actually be quite hilarious. No, um, um, great title. I, I, I still think, like, if they had to have made a sequel to The Last of Us, like, I do think part two probably should have just been new characters if they had to. Like, that's probably what I would have preferred. Um, but I do think now, with a, if they ever did do a part three, it, it, ha- it has to be. Like I, I can't imagine them continuing with the char- with these characters. Now. Well, so I'm kind of blanking. Um, the the original teaser trailer that we got, right? Like the song, them playing the guitar, and mm-hmm. like, was that that was Ellie, wasn't it? Yes. Because it kind of yeah. looks like Abby at some points too. Because you see, like, the muscle, you see the buffer body, and you're like, wait a second, who is this? <laughs> there, there actually, there was a trailer, actually, with Abby. Um, so that I might be the one was, I'm thinking of. I think it was, yeah, I'm trying to remember when, I think it was, it might have been, like, the second trailer, I think, okay. that they showed, Maybe I'm and people were like, one. who the heck are these characters, yeah, but. Yeah, yeah I think, it was I think, when they showed her being hanged by the scars. Yeah, so, like oh, okay. Right, that's the ahead. first, that's the first one I saw. Okay. And so when I saw that, I initially thought it was a new story. I thought it was a new cast. Mm-hmm. So I was like, because I was like, that's not Ellie, unless she's suddenly become a bodybuilder. <laughs> like, but, um, which she could have. I mean, she grew up. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but no, I think, I think a, a different story, a new cast, a new part of the world, you know, like mm-hmm. something like that would have been an interesting way to go. Um, but overall, because I like gameplay is important. But it's not like all of it to me. And when this game, when you have a game that's supposed to tell a story, supposed to give you the idea of being in this game and in this world and 
like resonating resonating with you. Like I have to get like I'm not too far off you guys, but I have to give it like a six out of ten because of that. Like like I said, it doesn't like it doesn't live up. It won't stand the test of time, and that could change. Who knows? <laughs> I might change my mind about that in a year, but I don't think for now it will live the life that Last of Us has. I I guarantee you. Talk to me in a couple of days. My score will be totally different. I'll probably be like in love <laughs> with the game, or I'll probably like super hate it, and it'll be like a four. Like a ser- like I've been all <laughs> over the place with this game. Um, I've stayed steadily like hate the story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Side note. I I I totally think that like I could beat Abby in like an arm wrestle or something. <laughs> like, I I think I I think I could beat her pretty easily. Yeah. Honest with you. I don't know, man. She seems pretty buff. Yeah. I don't. If she loses, probably, she might beat you to death with a golf club. She'll probably break my arm. <laughs> um. All right. So, so we're done with the Last of Us. Um. That was our uh spoilery review slash discussion on it. Uh. Before Welcome we back up, if you happen to leave for some reason when the yeah, whole episode was about this. Exactly. Well, welcome back if you you know took a nap or whatever. Uh. So before we wrap up this episode, we have one last segment for you guys: game slash activity. Um, since the beginning of video games to now, we've had many iconic video game characters, and it is time for us to list our favorites. Uh, so we're going to be listing our top video game characters of all time, uh, starting with number five, all the way coming down to number one. Um, although I think some of our, we don't have an, an actual order for a lot of them. Um, so should I start? Yeah. Yep, for sure. I'll, I'll, I'll go first. Okay. So, um, you'll, you'll probably, when you hear my list, um, yeah, I'm a big action adventure guy, so a lot of my characters are action adventure people. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, my number five pick. It's Ezio Auditore from Assassin's Creed. Um, the Assassin, the Ezio trilogy was one of the, kind of the first video games that I um, uh, was, was was one of the first times I really got into video games, and Ezio I think really was the one that really kicked off Assassin's Creed. Like you're probably saying, oh, but Assassin's Creed one was Altair. I, I don't think the first game is that great, okay? I think Assassin's Creed 2 is really where it kicked off, and it uh, is really... Uh, I think that series owes a lot to Ezio, um, and I loved his trilogy. Nice. I mean, yeah. it's a good choice, for sure. The Assassin's Creed games are one of my favorite series of, of all time. I, it was on my um, it was on my top ten video games of the last decade when we talked about it. So, yeah, yeah that's I agree. Yeah, cool. I loved Black Flag. That was my favorite. Black Flag, yeah. Mm-hmm. Edward, Mr. Edward Kenway. Do you want to you do your number five pick? Um, Is it yeah, Edward? I think I've... No, it's not okay. Edward. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a beautiful transition right there. <laughs> <laughs> I think I figured out an order for mine as well. Perfect. Um, so at number five, I would say uh, Starkiller from the Force Unleashed games. I don't cool. know if you guys played those. Yeah. Uh, yep. But I absolutely loved playing as Starkiller just because of the raw power that he has. Going through those games, you just felt like a god, like Kratos, but on another level. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he pulled down a Star Destroyer with his bare hands. And I'm throughout all the movies and shows and books that I've read, I'm like a huge Star Wars fan. There's not another person that has that kind of power. And... You know, Lucas starts for saying that they inflated his power to make the game fun, and I thought that was a really cool idea. Now, now you make me want a Star Wars God of War 
Crossover game. Crossover. <laughs> oh my that'd, that'd, be, that'd be super that sick. That would be sick, yeah. It would have to be, like, really violent, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Bradley, um, who's your number five? So my number five, this, like, this might be a little strange. Some people might not even know who this is. My number five is Sly Cooper. Oh, okay. Um, nice. I like so I started gaming when I was really young, right? Like I, I'm only in my mid twenties, but um, I started when I was really young. I played handheld games, but Sly Cooper was the first game that got me like in front of my TV, constantly playing, like going through the story, like wanting to explore everything. Right? It kind of it created this story that that I enjoyed, and the idea of it was super fun. And I mean. You played as animals, right? Like, it was just... But you also played as, like, thieves. And so I thought that was really cool. So Sly Cooper is my number five. When, when do you think... Do you think that series is going to come back soon? I hope so, man. I would play that <laughs> game nonstop. I, I was hoping that they were going to announce... Uh, like, don't get me wrong. I'm excited for Ratchet and Clank, but I kind of would have preferred them to announce a new Sly Cooper game. Like, Sly Cooper, so man. It's cool. so much that fun. Be, yeah. Did you play uh, the fourth one that was on the PS3? Oh yeah, I, play, I played all of them. Yeah, that one was actually super fun. I loved it. Going through time, especially like the Wild West era, and yeah. Kane was like a gun too. It was great. <laughs> yeah, where you got to play as like his his ancestral thievery, like Sly Coopers and stuff. Yeah, it was, and like the just the change of pace that it gave was super fun. Yeah. All right. So my number four pick. While we're on the subject of thieves, uh, I'm gonna go with one of the Phantom Thieves. Uh, I'm actually going to go with Joker from Persona 5. Um, I mean, if you heard the game of the decade, or the, the decade, whatchamacallit, episode, yeah, Persona 5 is my, was my favorite game of the decade. I adore that game. Uh, I've, man, I've put too many hours into that game. Um, and I don't know, like, I, yeah, Joker is just, uh, yeah, like, his persona is cool, his costume is cool. Like, he's, a, he's just a badass. I know you've been p- playing Persona 5. Yeah. yeah, I'm playing Persona 5 Roller right now. Uh, I've got almost 300 hours in it, so I'm putting a lot of time into that. Nice. It's really fun, and uh, I can't even tell you how much time... I mean, at least a third of my gameplay is just sitting in the velvet room making Persona <laughs> You know? <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, for my number four pick, uh, I went with my childhood video game character, uh, which is Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, nice. So, like, growing up, Perfect. the first game I played ever was Sonic Adventure 2, which is still one of my favorite games ever. Um, if you play that, or if you're a Sonic fan, like, you know that's a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm not a fan of his more recent games. Sonic Mania was amazing. That was really fun. Um, but, yeah, sometimes I'll go back and play the old classics, the 2D ones, and uh, they still live up to the quality to this day. What did you think of the movie? Do you see it? Oh, yeah. That's, I what, love yeah. that's what I was going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys see it? We saw it. We, oh, we, did, a, yeah, we did an we did episode, episode on for it. it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, definitely a lot better than the Mario Bros. movie. Yeah. Well, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> that movie's a classic. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so my number four, he's already been talked about. Um not on somebody's list, though, and it's Edward Kenway. Oh, uh, okay, there we go. So, I, I don't know. There was something about his character, something about how he acted in comparison to the characters we had already gotten through the Assassin's Creed stories. And 
it just stuck with me. Like, Black Flag is not my favorite Assassin's Creed, but it's definitely... Like, his character is definitely... It sticks with me. He is my favorite character from the Assassin's Creed stories, and he's my favorite quote-unquote assassin, but he's also a pirate, which, how can you not like? That automatically makes him, like, (laughs) at least, like, at least top three. He has to be. (laughs) So, yeah, Edward Kenway is my top four. That's really... Black Flag is actually my favorite of the Assassin's Creed games. Um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a great game. Honestly, I probably should have gotten with Kenway instead of Ezio, but whatever. (laughs) What's, What's done is done. Um, my number three pick, um, is going to be John Marston from Red Dead Redemption. I, Whoa, we've talked surprise, about John Marston surprise. a lot on this <laughs> podcast, um, so I don't think we need to go too in-depth with it. Um, but yeah, Red Dead Redemption was one of the games that really got me, like, hardcore into gaming. Um, that was the first, his death, uh, was one of the, actually probably the first moment I've ever cried in a video game. Whoa, whoa, um, whoa, spoilers you know what if you haven't played red dead redemption at this point i'm sorry it's what how old is it 10 years old now it's a decade um but yeah so shouldn't be a surprise that john marston is on my list (laughs) not at all yeah it's a great game red dead redemption 2 was so much fun yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. i think uh the first one i haven't played actually oh i think uh, when um (laughs) i think when we were talking about the top 10 of this decade i think you did red dead redemption 2 and then i did red dead redemption and you were like wait a second what and i was like yeah it came out yeah. in 2010 <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah, wow, yeah that seems like so long ago <laughs> for sure <laughs> um so for my number three pick this character has been mentioned too already uh but i went with joker from persona 5 yeah all right <laughs> yeah uh, not only because Persona 5 is such an amazing game and he's just such a badass, but also because he's my main in, or one of my mains in Smash. Uh, and I don't know if you guys follow Smash Bros or anything, but he's like top five on everyone's tier list. And there's almost be. 90 characters. <laughs> all so, I know is Evo yeah. got canceled. That's all I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. But I do know, like, a lot of people play as Joker. I know he's... I've seen some clips of, like, YouTubers, and they... I've, I'm, I like fighting games. I've never been good at Smash Bros. And watching some of these people play, I don't ever want to try to be good at Smash Bros. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, it's as much a mind game as it is, you know, just playing around. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you got, um, really got to get in your opponent's head. So, my number three is from probably my currently most played game. Um, I've pro- I've put way too many hours in this game. Uh, it's Cade 6 from Destiny. Oh, nice. Oh. Um, I, I'm a hunter main. Some people are probably, who play Destiny, are probably like, ah, oh, what a loser. Granted, if you're a titan, I don't want to hear you talk. But, uh, I, I love, yeah, well, <laughs> you, guys eat, you guys eat crayons, so, <laughs> but... So Cade Six, I mean, he was the com- the comedic relief. He was the hunter vanguard. He was the person kind of in charge of the, the character I played as, and th- he was voiced by Nathan Fillion, which I'm a big fan of Nathan Fillion, um, Firefly, Serenity, Castle, things like that. And he was just a great comedic relief, right? Like sometimes you'd be standing there in the tower, and he might be like, "Hey, take me with you. I don't want to be here anymore." And like, and he was such a big part of Destiny Two as well that he got so popular he was like hey 
can you guys pay me more? I'm like carrying, I carried the beginning of this game and he sadly was written out of the game. <laughs> it's not there anymore. Um, but Kate six, man, he's the hunter Vanguard and he'll always be one of my favorite characters. Yeah. He's a great character and I love what they did with his story in the second game too. Yeah. All right. Uh, my number two pick is, uh, what would be the first of many um, fictional character crushes? Um, my number two is Lara Croft from Tomb Raider. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just I'm I'm in love with her, man. Like I mean, every every iteration, I, I'm in, I'm in love with her. Um, I love the recent trilogy. Um, I love the classic games. Uh, don't like the movies, but you know whatever. I don't think anyone does. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, whoa, whoa, she's whoa. A, well, Angelina Jolie, man. I mean, <laughs> we we can talk about that in another I'm episode. I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, it, it, like I said, like I'm, I'm I love action adventure games, like Tomb Raider, and then well, we'll get to our number ones in a second. But Tomb Raider is one of my favorite franchises, so yeah, and yeah, I, I love Lara Croft. Yeah, I actually I think, have yeah. a uh, Coke bottle here. Share a Coke with oh my Lara God, Croft me too. <laughs> on my desk. That's great. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um. And I think uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider is free right now on PS Plus, right? I haven't played it yet. Yes, yeah. So I think it's one of them, I'm yeah. definitely going to pick that up. Yeah, check it out. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for my number two pick, it's a little weird, but I went with my own Guardian from Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <Fair laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> and that's mainly because of all the memories I've had in that game. I put more hours into that game than any other game that I've ever played. Uh, and some of the best memories i've had are in the vault of glass raid i don't know if you guys have played that but uh i'm sure bradley what? has I <laughs> <laughs> uh it, it was just so much fun solving puzzles with uh five other people and um everyone had to play their own part when it came to the bosses it was just so much fun at getting everyone together and like creating our own adventure did you see that they're pl- they're bringing it back they're bringing back bolts of glass. Yeah, so they announced recently that they're they have they're creating a content vault where they can put stuff in and bring stuff out. And one of the first things that they're going to bring out with it is they're going to put vault of glass in Destiny Two. That's awesome, man! That's yeah. super exciting. And then they said they're going to be able to do it out of all the raids. They said they're going to be able to do it with like all of the other raids that we had in Destiny One, Crota's End, King's Fall, Wrath of the Machine. But they said because of the most like talked about one being vault of glass there and it being the original they're gonna bring that one into the game when they get it all set up so yeah i'm looking oh, forward to that. Super exciting. <clears throat> I even know about that um so my number two is the only villain on my list but he is nice. a memorable villain i like m- one of my favorite gaming villains of all time he is my favorite gaming villain i'm mean, granted he's, he's number two on my list bowser it's <laughs> handsome jack from the borderlands 2 yeah i should have guessed that (laughs) um yeah if you go back to my top 10 games of the decade borderlands 2 is my is my number two i I don't Um, know why i guess bowser that was not even close but but, uh handsome jack i mean he's a great character he is what people remember most from the borderlands 2 and he's what people compared borderlands 3 to right like when we got the calypso twins people were like they're cool villains but they're no handsome jack and when that's how you describe a villain in a video game, you know you did something right. And he's just funny, he's charismatic, 
he's a jerk to you, but you laugh at what he says and you laugh at what he does. He's a horrible person, but at the same time, you're like, wow, like, how can you not like this character? <laughs> like, so Handsome Jack is my number two video I mean, game character. He like is the character you think about when you think of Borderlands, you know? And I think if, uh, for a villain to be that, I think that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm actually going to do some, my honorable mentions before I get to number one. Um, so obviously I'm a big Red Dead fan. I love Arthur Morgan, um, from Red Dead 2. Um, who else did I have? I had some, a Geralt from Witcher I love. Um, and then I have another honorable mention, um, that actually ties into my number one. Um, so my last honorable mention is actually, uh, Chloe Fraser from Uncharted. And my number one is Mr. Nathan Drake, um, yeah, Uncharted is my favorite uh, game series of all time. Nathan Drake is my favorite character. Um, it's just, you, you can't hate that guy. Like, he's, he's just so likable. Um, he's just so much fun to play as. Uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get something straight to all you guys listening right now. I, we should never, ever, 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 ever get an Uncharted 5 with Nathan Drake. Never, no. Like, his story is done. It's rap. It's, it's perfectly... <laughs> It's good, okay? <laughs> With that said, if you want to give the... I, I love Chloe. If you want to give... I love Lost Legacy. If you want to give the franchise to her, that is okay. But no. No more Uncharted's with Nathan Drake. Like, he, he's... Per, that, it's just... It's good. It's it's perfectly done. Yeah, I totally agree with that, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for We're sure, there's there, but, no yeah. need to continue <laughs> that story with those characters. Like, yeah. do, a last, do, do what Last of Us should have done. Make an Uncharted, call it like the new generation, or call it something else, and have a new adventurer mm-hmm. going after new treasure, stuff like that. That'd be yeah. great. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> um. So for my number one, uh, my favorite video game series of all time is the Legend of Zelda series. Nice. So I went with Link. So you picked Zelda. <laughs> oh, not. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, Link. I feel like is. I mean, he's one of the most iconic video game characters ever. Uh, And I love his character so much because whenever you're playing a Legend of Zelda game, they're all really different. And uh, if you look it up, the creator of the games also said that there are a lot of different links over time. And there's a reason why he doesn't speak. It's so that the person playing feels like that that's their character. Um, it's really immersive, uh, and all the di- games are really different, and that's what I love about it, especially Breath of the Wild. Uh, I used to love Wind Waker more than any other Zelda game, but after Breath of the Wild came out, I was just blown away. And I have this Triforce tattoo to show. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, okay, hold on. It's time out, though. So, Link's your favorite character, but he's not your main in Smash? No. <laughs> oh, oh, what? He's not wow. my name in Smash, uh, <laughs> mostly because he's like a projectile-heavy character, and that's not really my thing. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Zoning. <Okay>. Zoning. <laughs> yeah, I, I love Breath it's of the Wild. It's not uh, Na'vi. You're not a fan of Na'vi? <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> oh my god. No, not really a fan. It was pretty annoying back in the day. <laughs> Honestly. Listen. How dare you? <laughs> how dare you speak of her that way <laughs> <laughs> no i mean i'm a huge fan of the, the zelda games as well um especially i mean breath of the wild ocarina of time majora's mask like they're great games and 
for sure, definitely. <clears throat> um, so I do have some honorable mentions as well. Um, one of my honorable mentions is uh, Marcus Phoenix from the Gears of War series. Um, Gears of War was like the shooter I took, the, the first shooter I took the most serious, right? Like some people are going to be like, oh, Call of Duty and like Battlefield. I Like I took Gears of War very serious. Like Xbox is where I started when it came to the newer generation of consoles. And the first Gears of War, I don't know, something enthralled me about it. The violence, the blood, the the, the gore, and then just like the feeling of being like, like, like this crazy soldier who just destroys everything he touches. Like, so Marcus Venus is, is one of my um, honorable mentions. Um, <clears throat> then uh, Link is as well. I like I said, I, I'm a huge fan of the, the Zelda series and a lot of those games. Um, and Link is just a super memorable character. He's such a fun character to play as. He's got there's so many different games, there's so many different stories, and so many different adventures to take him on. Um, my third honorable mention, which is my last one, is the Dragonborn from Skyrim. Uh, Skyrim is the game I have put the most hours in, right? Like, like Destiny, Destiny one and Destiny two have, over the last couple of years. I mean, it's about to be what year seven because we're almost on year four of Destiny two. Uh, I've put so many hours into that game, but Skyrim will always hold the crown probably for another year or so. Um, I played it for years and years. <laughs> I played all the different mods on PC, the different expansions when they came out. So Dragonborn's my, my last honorable mention. And my number one, he was an honorable mention in somebody else's list, is Geralt of Rivia. I'm a huge Witcher fan. It's one of my favorite game series of all time. It's one of my favorite book series of all time. And just playing as Geralt, being this this Witcher who hunts monsters and is an amazing swordsman and has magic and got so popular as a video game character and so popular as a book character, they made a Netflix show. And people who didn't even know what The Witcher was watched the show. And he's just an amazing character. He's so interesting. His kind of nonchalant, don't care, like, like mystique about him is super, like, interesting, super fun. To just be like, yeah, I don't care, whatever. I'm going to go kill these people for gold. <laughs> like, it, like, like, and then you're a monster hunter. Like, that's so fun. And there's, like, the fact that you can play a game for... 100 hours and still not be any farther into the story <laughs> because you've just been questing is super fun. I'm a huge adventure uh, video game adventure fan and Geralt just takes the cake. No, no one picked Mario. Nobody picked Mario. No, no one went with Mario. <laughs> no, nah, if I was going to pick a Nintendo character that wasn't Link, it was going to be Luigi or Waluigi. I mean, I mean, honestly, yeah, if, if I was going with a Nintendo character, I, I probably wouldn't have gone with Mario either. But I would have gone Waluigi. Of those four, Waluigi. I probably would have picked Donkey Kong, to be honest. Just because he has roses, and he carries roses around. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that is basically going to wrap it up for this episode. Um, thanks for joining us, Issa. It's been a pleasure having you on. Uh, where can people reach out to you? Like, Do you have a Twitter or Instagram you like to uh follow? If you add me on Facebook, I post a ton of memes every day. <laughs> yeah, Ooh, what yeah, memes? I like those memes. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, you see them. Yeah, I see them. Mm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you have a YouTube? Do you have a Twitch? Do you have a I mix? Have you, never mind. Instagram that you can follow <laughs> me on. Um, I don't really have a YouTube or a Twitch. I but almost said mixer, but mixer's over. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, my account is Mythagoras. It's spelled M-Y-T-H-A-G-O-R-U-S. Uh, that's just my name in a lot of video games. So, yeah, it's my name on all my accounts, too. Cool, cool. Uh, Bradley, want to hit him with your Twitter? Uh, you can reach me uh, at LoreMasterBrad on Twitter. Uh, add me on Facebook. If you have any questions about lore, stories, any stories you want to talk to somebody about, hit me up. I talk about all of them all the time. <laughs> and you're going to be uh, streaming, right? Assume? Yeah, so um, so I haven't start, quite set it up um, like for sure, um, but uh, yeah, I will have uh, a Twitch coming up, and I'll be playing a bunch of different games, probably a lot of Destiny, probably go back and play Skyrim, The Witcher, Cyberpunk 2077 when it comes out, so anything like that. And I mean, honestly, I kind of want to do it as a variety, so if there's games that you guys like, that you want to see somebody play, or it's something I haven't played, I just shout it out, I'll play it. <clears throat> nice. Um, and I'm at Leshesmore on Twitter, if you want to reach out to me there. Uh, Instagram, I'm also Leshesmore. Uh, and I'm actually going to be launching a, a new podcast um, next week. Uh, it's called Expedition Odyssey. It's going to be a gaming slash travel and slash history podcast, if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, I'd appreciate if you could come check it out. Um, and then Josh is also going to be um, starting a YouTube channel. So we're all kind of have individual projects that we're going to be doing, which is pretty exciting. Um, so make sure you go check out all the things that we're doing there. Um, what, what? Don't oh. worry. Our individual projects will not stop yes. us from making this podcast. We will continue to record episodes for the Comic and Culture cast just because we're doing streaming or another podcast or youtube we're still going to keep doing this don't don't worry about that so and we have fun hanging out with each other and talking yeah for sure and i mean like games so yeah like especially with like the fact that like your podcast is about gaming and history and travel mm -hmm. like like we do talk about gaming on here but we don't really ever go into story like stuff like that and then like josh's youtube like it's going to be a lot of like gameplay and video games and he's going to have like stuff like that and then i mean my twitch is just gonna be me playing video games as well so like we're always gonna come back and review movies we're gonna talk about big games um you might get to watch us play through them like <laughs> but but we'll always come back to the comic and culture cast and do episodes like this isn't stopping just because we're starting new individual like yeah. projects yeah like when wonder woman comes out it's gonna be we're talking about it here guys not not nowhere not at some gaming thing you know it doesn't make any sense so for especially all the movie stuff, TV stuff, and all like the big games, come here and we can talk about all of it. Um, before we wrap up, also Facebook, YouTube, BitChute. If you shoot, um, if you search the comic and culture cast, you find us there. Um, is that it? I think that's it. I think that's it. I didn't put the the normal outro. So, um, do you want to do the the original one? Sure. Uh, do you know Do you know the line? Uh, let's see if I can find it. <laughs> or how about Isa close this out? Say anything you want to just finish this. Anything I want. <laughs> um. Well, guys, uh, it's been great talking to all of you. Uh, I've had a blast here with Lesh and Brad talking about The Last of Us and our favorite video game characters. Uh, I'm hoping to... Uh, be back on this podcast again uh i know we were talking about ghost of tsushima and how uh we're really excited for that game so 
definitely look forward to that. Um, and we'll see you guys next time. Oh, hold on, you should sing this part. Oh yeah, <laughs> to close it out. <laughs> Just that line. Just that line. If I ever were to lose you. Ah, that's good. Perfect. Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra. Can you hear